0: all you beauties and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. We are Jen and Steph, the hosts and creators of this show. If you're a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be, all while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more and connect with us over at coffeeandconcealerpodcast.com. So dump out that cold coffee that you have reheated three times and pour a hot one. Today's show is worth that hot cup of coffee. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 7 of the Coffee and Concealer podcast. Um, This week you get just me, and then uh, Steph is actually recording uh, her own little mini episode as well. So, um, kind of two different topics, and two different topics that either of us don't really have expertise to talk in for both, if that makes sense. Um, And so Steph's going to do her own. And so, um, today we're talking about finding your niche in whatever business you are involved in. And so that could be honestly anything. And to kind of describe wooden niches, it's basically, you know, in any industry, there's probably so many sub industries, if that makes sense. So for instance, within photography, you know, there's weddings, there's you know, family portraits, there's newborns, there's cake smashes, there's, uh, branding corporate, like the list goes on and pet photography, like the list goes on and on. And so even as a photographer, you have to kind of decide what you want to do, um, and really hone on that. Like the, the forever, you know, phrases, um, master, or what is it? Sorry, jack of all trades, master of none. And so you have to really truly dabble in everything, kind of get your feet wet in all aspects of your industry, and then really figure out what you're going to be a master at. So for me, um, I started 11 years ago. um, And when I started I started mostly in wedding photography and then kind of like a sidebar was family photography but most of my capital came from wedding photography and just doing sessions for, you know, quite inexpensive to kind of get your feet wet and get experience and see if people like you. And so, um, I did that for probably, probably six years where it was kind of like off and on and I did I always had a full-time job until about five years ago and then, um, yeah, just kind of really really pushed that part of the business and I did did it a lot like I was, I think every year I averaged about probably between 20 and 30 weddings and so that was a lot and then um, getting pregnant myself in um, 2015 that was kind of the year that I made the decision that um not only is it a lot of time away when you're photographing a wedding like especially if you start doing say bridal prep which usually starts say between nine and ten in the morning and you're one of the last people there I mean you're not partying but um you're one of the last people there you're waiting for that garter toss or the bouquet toss and know sometimes those events get forgotten about at the wedding reception so uh, it's a long day and then you get home and then you have to go through it and you have to what what photographers call cull the images and so you have to go through and choose which ones are the best ones and which ones you're going to edit um and so that part takes a long time and then the actual editing process begins so it's just a long long process so if you have a wedding photographer in your life give him a hug because sometimes it is a lot not to discount what other photographers do. Like I will also tell you that, you know, newborn photography is equally as hard in its own respect. So, um, each, each aspect of any business has its own challenges and rewards. Uh, and so for me, I kind of made the conscious decision that year that I was going to do whatever weddings I had pre-booked already. Uh, and then just kind of, as they came to me, I would do them. I wasn't going to actively seek them out and just see what happens. And then for me, it was honestly a very natural transition. A lot of my wedding people that I had seen in the last five years started having children and because they knew me and trusted me, they started asking me to do those kinds of photos. And, uh, it honestly was a super natural transition in business and so um, basically what I wanted to talk to you guys about was finding your niche and so if you would have asked me six years ago seven years ago eight years ago uh, what aspect of photography I would have ended up in I would definitely not have told you newborn photography but here I am and it is probably 80% of my business Uh, Especially in the cold months. I don't go outside very often um, for photos because people just aren't quite brave enough in our Calgary weather. Um, Like today, it is snowing like insanity. (laughs) I think we're supposed to get like 20 centimeters today. so, And it's that thick, heavy snow. Like I had to use an actual floor broom to brush off my truck. (laughs) So basically what I wanted to talk to you about was no matter what industry you're in, you can't do it all you have to figure out what your niche market is going to be and how you're going to figure out what it's going to be so this is kind of a multi-part series here but or not multi-part series multi-aspect conversation is what i'm trying to say so basically identify your interests and passions and this might be something you've already done, but write down a list and, you know, put down the things that you love. Like, if you are a photographer, what parts of it do you love and what parts of it do you hate? And so, for me, you know, like I dabbled in a little bit of like fashion photography and it just wasn't my jam. And that's totally okay. There are people that do it and they rock it. And that's just not my forte. And vice versa. Those people probably look at a newborn and they're like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> So that's number one, identify your interests and passions. And if something isn't on that list, don't do it because you're going to kind of become, I don't know, mundane and you're not going to have the passion for it. And it's going to just, it's going to reflect in your work. Um, so, number two, identify problems that you can solve. And so, you know, maybe within your industry, you know, for instance, my photography is very dark and moody and that's just my style. But maybe you notice that everyone's dark and moody and you want to be a photographer and you want to do that light bright and airy photography and you don't see anybody out there like that. And so it is, you know, time for you to kind of step it up and, and fill the void. Uh, number three is research your competition. So in any industry, let's just say you are a hairstylist and everyone's focusing on blondes and balayage and root melts and all of these things and you're like no one's focusing on the redheads let's just say that that's your jam and so you need to figure out the problems you can solve you need to research your competition and see if there's anybody out there um, that is doing that, and if they aren't, then you have a marketable I- idea. As long as there is obviously profitability, which brings me to my next point, is determine the profitability of your niche. So, for instance, you you've decided you are g- your your hairstylist company is going to be, you know, the <laughs> can tell I'm not a hairstylist, but um, yeah, I can't think of a name off the top of my head. I'm terrible at that, but. Yeah, redheads are your jam. So you're gonna focus all your marketing, all of your aspects. You're not gonna turn away a blonde or a brunette. No different than I'm not gonna turn away a wedding if I, you know, if they come to me. Um, but that's not gonna be where you push it. You're still gonna get those other people that are gonna come to you. Like wedding photographers still get people that come to them and say, Would you mind doing my family photos or my maternity photos or my newborn photos? And some photographers are comfortable, and some photographers are like, "Sorry, that's not my jam." Here, go to cotton and lace, or you know, another newborn photographer in the city. Uh, and so then the next one is once you determine the profitability of your niche, is test your idea. So maybe for a couple weeks, only post the redheads, and maybe you know, change up your hashtags on Instagram, or maybe you know create kind of co-brand with a photographer and do a photo shoot of only redheads like you need to you need to transition so for me um when i rebranded in 2015 my previous name was urban couture photography don't ask me why (laughs) i was young um but i decided i wanted cotton lace and so i knew and it's all the rage now is like two named brands um you know like frank and oak or like, yeah, there's, there's so many out there. Um, especially like local home-based businesses, not necessarily like big, big, big companies like Nordstrom or anything, but the smaller companies, um, you know, willow and wool, willow and bark. Um, yeah, like just so many. So basically I picked two words, like it actually had meaning to me. So cotton and lace, um, because I knew I was going to do majority newborns. Uh, cotton was kind of a texture slash fabric if you will that I kind of associated with being more gender neutral and more more towards the little boys that I would have in my studio and then lace obviously self-explanatory is more of like a girly fabric and so for me it it blended well Um, and it was also part of kind of how I wanted my brand to look was very organic and so I remember listening to A podcast, gosh, years ago, and uh, I honestly don't remember who said it, but it was basically talking about finding your style in whatever you do. And so, to give you an example with me, um, when I was kind of choosing what style my photography was going to be, I could have been bright, I could have been, you know, multicolored, I could have been muted, I could have been whatever it is, and I chose more organic pastel colors. And so, If you are kind of looking on how to choose your style, it sounds silly, but go on Pinterest. And you're going to, as you start saving things, it could be anything. It could be home decor. It could be colors. It could be paint. It could be clothing. You're going to start to, as you like pin things to boards, you're going to start to kind of find um, a sense of style just because that's what you're drawn to. And so usually whatever you're drawn to is kind of how you should... Push your business out. Um, you know, for instance, I'm gonna plug somebody that's local here, uh, and I did her um, third daughter's newborn photography, and I've I've worked with her a couple times in the past, and so she owns a company. Her name is Sanya, and she owns a company called Vosity. And Vosity is an organic beauty company and basically anything that is like vegan, organic for your skin, for your hair, they have a baby line, all of that stuff. Um, She has a wonderful website and she, if I could describe Sanya in one word, it would be fierce. (laughs) She's fierce. She is a beautiful woman and she carries herself in a manner where people just always know where she stands. And so she recently, just as a sidebar, she recently launched her own um serum for face or faces. I can't talk. <laughs> and basically looking at her brand and she obviously had to make a decision. So it's uh it's not a Vosity product per se, because Vosity is her website that you know she it brings in a bunch of different branded products that fit with under the Vossity theme and umbrella And so IV skincare is her own brand that she built And I got a serum to support her and it's honestly amazing guys If you have not purchased it, please go to her website and get it It smells like strawberries. It literally goes on like oh, butter. It's, it's beautiful And she just came up with a gorgeous roller too But the reason I'm telling you all of this is that she chose her packaging for her serum so specifically because it fits who she is. She's a fierce woman. She doesn't take nothing from nobody. If you know her, you will wholeheartedly agree with this. And her packaging for her Ivy skin serum is literally exactly what I would have expected from someone like Sanya. It is this matte black bottle and... The, uh, eyedropper the top of it is obviously like a rubbery black and then it's got this beer gold band around it and the actual branding like label on it is black and gold it's beautiful and so the reason i'm telling you this is that she did her research not only for the product that was inside the bottle but the packaging as well and marketing means a he- it, it, it's everything i have a marketing background and so i am telling you that you need to really truly think about what you want your brand to represent and so for me if you were to go on my pinterest i truly feel like my brand and say even the things that i wrap my newborns in it it is almost the exact same kind of feel that you would see in my home you know i got lots of bright whites and i have lots of pastel colors and lots of wood textures and so that's kind of how you can get a sense if you really truly have no idea what your style is Go on to Pinterest, start pinning things, home decor. um, You know, my home decor per se is kind of like more rustic, but still kind of country cottagey feeling, if that makes sense. And so I truly believe that my brand of my company is very much the same. Um, Obviously, outdoor sessions are a little bit different, but for me, dark and moody is still my... My feeling, and so that is the best way that you can go on and kind of decide, you know what, what your sense of style is going to be. Now let's just sidebar, and let's just say you are working in MLM and you don't know what your niche is. Well, there are a lot of people selling the same products that you are, whether it's Young Living, DoTerra, Monet, all of these brands. Um, If you are going to sell any of that, like I've said before in previous episodes, you need to be genuine in whatever you do. Um, Make sure that you have the knowledge of the product so that you can stand behind it. If somebody asks you what this oil does and you have no idea, then you might not be in the right niche market. Uh, And so basically, if you are selling something, you know, that is kind of a national company and tons of people are selling it and you're just kind of another number, if you will... Uh, and that's not meant disrespectfully but basically the way you can find your niche in that bigger market is look at what other people are doing. Um, another plug here for a good friend of mine who who does sell young living oils. Um, her Instagram is roots and Ivy and she honestly I feel like if you were to ask any one of her followers why they follow her, um first of all she is so knowledgeable in anything oils. I'll be very candid. We we hung out with her on Sunday for a girlfriend's birth our son's birthday and her stepdaughter ended up biting a chunk out of her lip at one of the play places and guys it was it was bleeding. It was bleeding hard and out whips Amy with her literal first aid kit of oils. And within five minutes, she had clotted the blood with this specific oil called Owie and it, it literally fixed and and she had mentioned before she went from her stepdaughter went from wanting to leave and bawling her face off to she was okay and she wanted to go back to play. And so all because Amy has the knowledge and Amy has all of the tools, and so she's able to share with people, and people respect the fact that she has the knowledge she has. She's also a mom of you know three of her own kiddos and a beautiful stepdaughter, and so she has the mom knowledge. So anyone who's a mom is going to trust her because she's probably used these things on her children. She's found a niche within a market that is very saturated. I think all, you know half of the people I know sell essential oils, and that's where you have to be different that's where you have to you know stand on your own two feet and figure out which lane you want to be in maybe mom's is your lane maybe it's you know working moms are your lane and people trying to sell it to their office whatever it is you need to just stand on your own two feet figure out your lane figure out your niche market and whatever you do if you're a hairstylist maybe maybe it's not blondes because everyone does it maybe it's brunettes maybe it's redheads that you focus on maybe it's guys maybe you focus on guys um, there's not a lot of hairstylists, especially in in Calgary here, that focus on men and men alone, uh, unless you're a barber, um, and it's hard to find someone that can do like an amazing men's cut on a guy that you know doesn't just focus solely on women. So find your niche, and if you are a photographer, please do not try to do it all. Uh, it is it is a big industry in any city, I think. And so if you want to do weddings, girl, you do that wedding or guys, whoever, who's ever doing them. Um, there's actually a guy here in the city that does, his name is Todd and his, uh, his business name is TK shots. And so he solely does weddings and newborns. That's it. People know what well, on cake smashes, but people know him for those two, And so they'll go to him for both of those. He doesn't really do family sessions, he doesn't really do maternity sessions, but he does newborns and weddings, and so you just have to stand your ground in whatever you do. So just before I sign off here, make sure that you figure out your style. So I'll go over these points one more time, but basically, um, identify your interests and passions, make a list, and if you can even have a third list, that's like things I do not want to do, make sure you write it down so that you can visually see it. Second, identify the problems you can solve. So let's say, again, for instance, you're a hairstylist and no one's really focusing on redheads. There, that's the problem you can solve. You can help do that for people. Uh, research your competition, you know, do your research, figure out if there are other, you know, hairstylists that are focusing solely on redheads. Um, determine the profitability of your niche again, if you're a hairstylist. Um, I think that, you know, no matter what, there's going to be profitability. Um, the redheads still are going to get their hair done. (laughs) No different than the blondes and brunettes and then test your idea. And so that is literally the best way that you can figure it out and ask questions. Um, if you do have like a business Facebook page or Instagram, do those polls, ask people what they want to see, uh, and just test it out because that is honestly the best way that you can figure it out. So I hope this helped and I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories, tag us in it, and we'll share it. And also, if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like you can't even imagine. You guys are why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening, and we can't wait to chat with you next time.